Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on FM 105.3, New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nicasio, along with my co-host, Sean Kelly, and Jason I am Petro and Trisha Moe. It's going to be a good night, guys, and I want to let you know that you can leave some comments for us. We'd love to put you on air. Um, we'd love to discuss. We, you can see us on YouTube, Pittsburgh Paranormal, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, and a few others, I believe. Um, so how's, how's it going, guys? Hey, happy uh, Torture Tuesday. Yeah, that torture, torture Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday. maybe we might get lucky and not have a torture Tuesday. Maybe everything everything will go smooth. Nah, we'll oh, no. Trish, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for, always uh, expect the best, right? Well, we're gonna yeah. try to have a good night. I mean, we're into the middle of well, the twelfth of October, and so that's mm-hmm. good. Um, yes. Just bear with me. I'm a little. Congested. Silly, 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 silly. Yeah, so I hope um, (laughs) we can have a good show tonight. Uh, Anything going on with you guys? Uh, Nothing. Just getting ready for uh, Halloween. Dealing with customers. Hell, they got Christmas stuff going on now in in my store. So usually they usually wait for the day after October, like the day after Halloween. That's when they put the Christmas stuff in. They got it going on now. What do they call it? A uh, happy hollow thanksmas or something like that? Uh, Never heard of that. Hollow <laughs> thanksmas. <laughs> Never heard well, of that before. Yeah. Well, how, how do you prepare for Halloween, Sean? <laughs> how do I? <laughs> what? Oh, I get my, uh, my costume. It says generic Halloween t shirt. Oh, and uh, this budget ninja no, my brother does my brother does in fact I, it looks pretty good this year so i might take a picture and post it up on facebook check it out Sh- what well, i Jason- like to do is uh i usually wait till the day after halloween when all the candy 75 percent off and, uh, <laughs> i'll just go scoop up a bunch of it yeah. there you That's go about it. Wait, we're you- on the main road there's no kids they'll get run over <laughs> it's too dangerous <laughs> church what do you do well, I am. Um, my daughter and I actually we dressed up as clowns last week, and that's not good. Took scary pictures <laughs> and <Can't see> emails, <laughs> <we. laughs> street lights and stuff. So, <laughs> clowns are not my favorite. No, oh, they're not either. So, <laughs> clowns and baby dolls. Baby dolls. You know them porcelain dolls. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, yeah, those scary. My grandmother mm-hmm. used to have one sitting on her chair in her living room. And it was, remember, she was from Italy. It was kind of, it was weird because no one could touch anything, but there's this doll just sitting on her chair. And of course mm-hmm. I had to go in and play with it. But I wonder what happened to that doll. It probably has some, a lot of stories you could tell. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A lot of did stories. you ever sit there and look at it? And did you actually almost see the eyes move? No. Oh. I did Let's like to follow you around the room. Yeah, she, she's uh, my grandmother liked dolls. I don't know why she's she, uh, who knows? she couldn't understand any words she was saying, though. <laughs> you can put I, me in a, in a house full of demons, I'll be okay. But you put me in a room or a house full of dolls and clowns, demons. I'm out of there. Why? I will not go there. You'll definitely why? have an anxiety attack. I have quite a few psychic friends that have, they own possessed dolls. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. 
it sometimes assists them in in like tarot readings and stuff like that. So why would you want? Why would you want to possess dolls? <laughs> like, well, I mean, anything can be possessed. Technically. Uh, so I guess that's just their my soap opera days of our life. These are dolls. Oh I mean. boy, <laughs> one character is possessed by the devil. Well, <laughs> well, I know. I think that's like half the population. So I mean. Yeah, so I think yeah. we're all a little possessed nowadays. But <laughs> we're gonna really, we probably are. Yeah, well, I bet you our guest knows a few things about possessed people. <laughs> um, it's gonna be an interesting night. Uh, she is a she was we're gonna discuss ancient visitors from other planets. Um, she's an author, a doctor, she has a lot of books. She's um published, Dr. Rita Louise, and her views. And myths showing evidence of extraterrestrials. Now, hmm, you know how I like extraterrestrials. Maybe yes, he's my do. best. He's my <laughs> best friend. <laughs> um, she wrote a novel. I don't believe it's a novel. There's Chronicles, and I'm, um, we're going to discuss it about um, ET Chronicles. What myths, legends can tell us about our human origin, which is which is really interesting. Um, going back to ancient uh, aliens. Um, it's a startling and comprehensive examination of ancient myths, legends that describe extraterrestrial visitors and their encounters with humanity and their encounters, um, excuse me, at the dawn of time, since the dawn of times. So um, it goes back into the Sumerians and I don't, a lot of people believe that they were an alien race, but we're going to discuss that with her. Um, so we're going to talk about the Mayans and, a lot of mind-blowing uh, discoveries um, that she is going to discuss with us. And um, she's also talked a lot about creation and gods and goddesses, um, heaven, the gods um, and their toys, their spaceships, chariots, the quest for immortality. And it could be that those ancient stories, she says, um, of gods were more than just product of someone's imagination so in, we're going to discuss with her is it possible that writers and chronicles scribes in distant past can actually um there's an origin they were act with the stars and we're going to talk about that with her so she she's has a lot of um credits behind her i've noticed on um youtube there's so many youtube videos with her um the philians um the date we're going back to the demons the magical world there's so many, so many topics um, that she has. She's been on tons of shows. I'm so glad that we can talk to her. And um, I like the one stepping out of Eden. Did extraterrestrial visitors mold us into what we are today? But I feel sorry <laughs> for them because we were really molded into something. But without further ado, I'm going to bring our guest, Rita. Louise, thank you for joining us tonight. Well, thanks Hello, for having Rita. me. Amazing. So can I tell you my haunted doll story? Yes. Since you were talking Welcome about dolls before, and it's one of my favorite. I mean, I used to do ghost hunting. I was the group psychic. And so we were called to this woman's house because her six-year-old was like writing like rune letter things on the wall. And she didn't know what was going on. And, you know, so there, I'll, I'll just get to the good stuff. You know, I mean, there was a bunch of weird things that happened at this woman's house. But, you know, I'm giving her a download after, like, going through the house and seeing, like, this face drawn on the bathroom counter 
and the eyes were following me. I mean, it was just really creepy. And she goes, well, what about the doll? And I'm like, well, what do you mean the doll? And she goes, yeah, in this bedroom over here, there's a doll on the shelf. I'm like, didn't notice it. So let me go check out the doll. And I walk in the room and I look at the doll. And what I hear in my head is, I've got a secret. Oh my I've God. got a secret. That's and that's I'm gone. The door. <laughs> no, because gone. even though I do ghost hunting, I'm like easily spooked. So yeah. I go to the lady and I, she goes, so, so, you know, what about the doll? And I just looked at her and I said, well, what it said was, I've got a secret. And I repeat that. And she said, my daughter says that exact same thing in the exact same way. And I go, well, then what happened? She goes, oh, she'll do things like stab me in the leg with a fork. Jeez. Damn. And we're like, she goes, what should I do with the doll? I'm like, get rid of it. That was before, like, it was big selling haunted dolls on eBay. So she probably could have made some good money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could buy Dybbuk boxes off eBay and stuff like that, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Anything on eBay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something about someone, a guy selling human bones, the other like thousands of human bones um, that he had acquired from estate sales and stuff on online. On That's pretty really. Yeah, that is metal. that was illegal. <laughs> That's metal. I you would think, but I guess he acquired them legally through it was bones that other schools and places didn't. I mean, I think he's he's a teacher or scientist or something mm. maybe that's how but still it's there's there's been a huge discussion <laughs> you know obviously that's creepy that creates a little bit of conflict I would think. i'd like to buy a femur please yeah <laughs> and they don't a lot of them they don't know where they came from or you know i mean it's crazy well tell us about your uh book okay so um the book is called E.T. Chronicles, What Myth and Legend Has to Say About Human Origins. And what it does is, or what I did, I'll just say it this way. So what I did is I decided to take a survey of myths from around the world to see if there was a narrative that came out of it. Um, early on in my research, and this is what really led me into this whole uh, inquiry, it was when the Mayan calendar hit, you know, December 21st, 2020 or 2012, um, there were a lot of TV shows that were talking about it. And I remember this one in particular said, you know, well, you know, the Mayans talk about this date and they talk about it in the Hindu tradition and, but they just like dropped it. They didn't go into what the Hindu tradition was. They just made this one liner. And I thought it was interesting that there was a parallel kind of narrative that came out of India because, you know, if you have something in America and you have something in India, that's a big geographical distance to have two stories that are coming true at the same time to me. And, um, but then I did research and it really wasn't congruent with the Mayan calendar thing. But, but what I discovered in that was the story about this guy that gets on a boat and while the world is being destroyed and the narrative sounded a lot like the Noah story. Um, you know, and I had heard over the years that there were 
multiple flood stories and you can't see now the little italics in here that there were multiple flood stories around the world but your general assumption would be you know if i have a flood in my town it's my flood story if you have a flood in your town it's your flood story and there should be no parallels there shouldn't be any similarities in the story because they're different they're different situations and um so that's when I really started researching were these myth uh, flood narratives from around the world. And what I found was that there was a parallel, you know, <laughs> and I literally, you know, I got a notebook and I took like the major, you know, like righteous man is warned of a flood. You know, mm -hmm. that was like one talking point, builds an ark, you know, releases a bird and and I figured that I would like fill pages and pages and pages with different variations of the story or they would be completely different or I really didn't know what I was going to find. And after this whole search, I was able to summarize the bulk of the flood myths in literally two or three sentences. There was a mm. righteous, virtuous or pious man, you know, pick your adjective mm -hmm. that you want to give to him who is warned of an impending flood. He builds a boat, an ark, climbs on a leaf, climbs up a tree, climbs to the top of a mountain. Um, the flood happens. In some stories, an animal, some are birds, some are other animals are released to let them know that the water's receded. Mm -hmm. um, he's on the boat or the mountain with his wife. Sometimes there's an old man. And that's the story. You know, and so you can kind of take which pieces, you know, and they make the different narratives. And I just was flabbergasted because there's the same kind of you know, if you tell a story, uh, and I'm just trying to think of an example, but of course I'm not coming up with one <laughs> right off the top of my head. Um, you know, but if you tell the story of Santa, you know, you know, you always, no matter where you go around the world, it's like, there's always kind of this basic narrative, you know, Santa was this guy, he lives at the North Pole, he hangs out with elves, he has reindeers, he flies around on December 24th, and boom, that's the Santa story. And that was really what came out of these stories. And so I was like, okay, well, if that's the flood story, where do we start finding these parallels in other myths? Mm -hmm. So I started digging and I decided that it would be appropriate to start with, you know, like in the beginning and work forward in time. And what I found was that there were um, parallel myths that covered big major milestones in history, you know, including the creation of man, up until the floods narrative that were very consistent or there were maybe two or three major themes that came out of it. But in some of the stories, you would have two themes. Some of them you would have one. Some of them you would have all three of the themes mixed together. And so it appeared that kind of like the telephone game, you know, there was this bigger story and it kind of got whittled down into these small chunks, depending on what the culture was. But the nugget 
you know, the essence of the story remained. Hmm. So you think things are, what, what, what kind of like extraterrestrial, like an ancient um, Sumerian race has in, a parallel to something else? What, is there anything that you can... You know, think? so what I found interesting is that when you look at this mythic narrative, mm-hmm. humanity, or in the book, humanity doesn't come into the story until the second to last chapter, like right before oh, wow. the flood. And so everything prior to the formation of man were these stories of the gods, you know, were these magnificent beings with these magical weapons than the chariots that flew all over the place. But if you think about it, when we think of God, you know, all right, I'm a Trekkie. I'll preface it with I'm a Trekkie, you know, so when you think of God, you think of somebody like Q. You know, and he can snap his fingers and a mariachi band can appear, you know, and he can, <laughs> it's a true story. I see it on TV, um, you know, or he can like wave his hand and the whole enterprise could end up, you know, light years away in some other galaxy somewhere else. Um, and that's cute. But when you look at these stories of the gods, they, they have weapons, they have technology, which tells you that these individuals that they're talking about in these stories were not omnipotent. Mm -hmm. They were not able, you know, they weren't miraculous. They didn't have magical powers. They had technology where, you know, in antiquity, when people would listen to these stories, they seem like magic. What do you think about Uh. that, Jason? (laughs) Oh, it's definitely uh, interesting. Um, here's a question for you. Um, couldn't the gathering of like uh, all these parallel myths just be evidence that there is a God, maybe not so much as ETs? But why would Good God question. need technology? And I'll, I'm going to kind of circle back, but I'm going to start with that. So one of the things that you find in these stories, so there were four or five, depending on the culture, but we're going to, well, we're going to start with five. There were five worlds. So in the Mayan culture, you know, they talk about five worlds. In more European cultures, they talk about four worlds. And I can explain why there's four or five. Well, actually, I'll explain why there's five. And so in the first world, it talks about this cosmic egg, you know, being going through the void and going through darkness and going through the abyss. And it was inhabited by, in some cultures, seven, in other cultures, eight uh, progenitor gods. And so they went and inhabited this dark world, the first world, um, which I don't think was earth. Um, I, and you know, I, 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 I pulled a rabbit out of my hat and said, well, maybe it was Mars, you know, because there are the pyramids on Mars and the face on Mars. And when I kind of dug into that, looking at the timeline, Mars actually really fit into this timeline. Um, and But there was a, a disaster event. There was a destruction event. But at the same time, there was also a battle that happened between these progenitor gods and their offspring, um, 
their underlings, you know, kind of depends on the culture, whether they're biologically related or, you know, my feeling is, is that there was these progenitor gods, and then there was actually a separate race of beings that actually fought for control. Because when you discuss what these gods look like, you know, so like the fertility gods, for example, look, you know, they're described as being half man, half snake, half man, half reptilian. Mm-hmm. But if you take the verbal description and not the visual description that we see in art, you know, a half man, half snake could actually, in today's context, be a reptilian. Mm-hmm versus centaur upper body of a man bottom part of a snake um one of the other groups um which like zeus for example was um a sky god you know he lived in the sky where Kronos lived in the underworld um and he's always described as being white complected with a white beard you know always bossy always in charge you know and so that could be likened to the nordics you know, they talk about a race of giants and not the mm-hmm. seven foot giants, but these giant as, as tall as trees and as big as mountain giants. So big giants. And then there's descriptions. And this more comes out of Indian text, although you do find parallels in other texts um, of this race of. Uh, well, they call them monsters, you know, and they just mm-hmm. have weird shapes, weird imagery tied to them um but like in greek and and they're always tied to like building stuff you know they build the technology and in greek cosmology they have hephaestus who was the builder but he was deformed he had a deformed foot so there's still this like something wrong with him mentality tied to it um you know so even on the physical descriptions that they give these gods they don't look human you know, and, and how can we come up with these, you know, we're talking about stories, you know, that were written down, okay, and there's the oral tradition that we know goes back way, way deeper in time, um, you know, minimally 2500 BC, mm-hmm. you know, and so what would they know about reptilians and yeah. these monster people and centaurs, unless it came from something that they knew and actually talk about genetic engineering happening in underground bases um, where they would make these chimera things, um, you know, and so, you know, when we think of God, God is invisible and doesn't interact with us in that way. Sean, what do you have to say about that? Um, I'm just intrigued. To be honest with you, um, right now I have nothing to say, and that's not out of being mean or nothing like that. It's just that, personally, and to be honest with you, I'm trying to comprehend on what you're trying to tell me, and uh, I'm getting a little little bit of understanding what you're talking about. And, Trish, um, uh, well, I was what I was I was trying to look up the lyrics to this song. There's a, a band, um, I believe they're from Norway, called Wardrina, and I can't pronounce the the song title, but it's it's translated to Healing Mountain, and so and it's it's about Odin, 
and the journey of the human mind, body, and spirit up this mountain and through, you know, water and, and everything that, that you mentioned um, earlier, being in kind of another parallel with, with Odin, I guess, and the Norway, Norway gods. Um, in uh, different cultures, mountains were often tied to places of healing, especially going into the mountain. You know, so you have sites like the Bosnian Pyramid, you know, and they have found that people that have gone in during their excavations, that, you know, their knees bothered them or whatever, that they have come out actually feeling better. And so in Japan, they have that tradition that there are certain mountains that are considered healing mountains. Same thing in the Americas. Not really an area that I put a lot of research into, um, you know, as far as this book is concerned. Um, but there is that tradition that, you know, the mountains have healing properties or certain mountains have healing properties. And so that would make sense to me why they would make, you know, there would be a tradition in Norse cosmology of tying, you know, the gods to mountains and healing. Hmm. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, was, go ahead, John. Okay. Sorry. Oh, um, you're talking about mountains and healings. Um, I know when, whenever I'm, whenever I'm feeling down and when I'm not doing good, I go to the hills in Pennsylvania especially out in Cook's Forest and all that stuff like that. And it must be true because when I'm in the hills or mountains, whatever they are, I just feel like I'm being rejuvenated. Like I'm just really like, it's like I'm, I'm with nature and nobody around. And I'm just uh, bringing in all the energy from the trees, the animals, the plants, the waters, whatever's in there. So, you know, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, mountains and hills especially in pennsylvania that they do cleanse me they do bring me back down well you know in different places have vortex energy tied to them you know and i'm just going to like make a personal comment sean is you know i just get the impression that you're pretty sensitive to what's going on mm -hmm. and just the ability to get away from everybody you know gives you a chance to kind of rinse your space out and then you can like be in your space all by yes. yourself and, and not with everybody yeah. else <laughs> true I, I i i agree i i i do need to be by myself thank you for that for that thank you you're welcome rita let's talk about the dark angels that you mentioned yeah. okay and what when you mean dark angels, are you referring to like demonic angels, like demons, or is there some other kind of like dark force? You know, so when, sorry, a, a different interview came up, which was just like, it was an hour long debate about that title. And it was like, seriously, it was just a good title, you know, and so you know, when I sit there and talk about dark angels, really what I'm talking about goes, you know, so if you sit there and you talk and discuss non-corporeal beings, you know, mm -hmm. you can have like spirit guides and angels and whatever on one end of the spectrum, you know, and then you can have like your basic everyday ghost, you know, grandma comes to visit, you know, and is hanging out, 
you know, but then there are ones that are mal in intention, um, which is something that I really speak a lot about, which is attached entities, you know, and then there are ones that literally are demonic or I've also interacted with um, what I would call extraterrestrial aliens because they do not take on human corporeal form. Pretty rare encounter, but they're really weird and they're hard to deal with. And, you know, as I like to say, they don't speak human, you know, because it would, you know, all right, back to my Star Trek thing, you know, <laughs> humans are human. And so regardless of whether you can speak Japanese, you can convey a message to someone that right. only speaks Japanese because we all speak human. But if we're trying to interact with someone that's a Klingon, you know, they don't speak human. They come with a whole different value set. They come with a whole different mentality. And so trying to interface with them and understand what they want and what they need and why they're attached to someone and hanging around them all the time becomes a bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm very empathic to people's feelings. And so some of them don't really have feelings. You know, and so tacking into why they're there becomes much more challenging. So uh, when you have all these encounters with uh, these these dark angels and everything you're talking about, is there like uh, a certain place you're at when this happens or you want to like a uh, like a investigation trying to find answers for somebody for something? Or is it like a dream state meditation? Like, how do you personally have? All these encounters with uh you know the dark angels you're referring to <laughs> they're my clients <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i've written on it i've done videos on that topic and so unintentionally this was not the path i was planning on going down in my life you know i have a lot of people that come to me and want me to do uh entity removal work mm -hmm. you know and you know it, it is actually fairly common um, but having an entity attached to you these days has become really kind of a, a knee jerk catchphrase for my life isn't going well. So I must have an entity attached to me and creating all this bad luck, you know, 20 years ago, it's like, oh, well, you know, it must've been a past life and everybody would write everything off. Like, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm, I have this past life karma that I'm clearing now. And, you know, today it's, I have an entity attached, you know, and sometimes, you know, yeah. your life just sucks and yeah. you're working through stuff. She's right. She's <laughs> right. It was just sucking right now. Throwing all right. lemons, make it lemonade. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, and I think, I mean, are you guys familiar with the concept of thought forms? No, I've never yeah. heard of that one. Okay, so a thought form is when you believe something so strongly, you can actually manifest it into oh, yeah. the physical world. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, mm -hmm. so people that believe in curses, like I don't deal with cursed people because I don't believe in curses. So I just can't get into that whole, you created this for yourself because now you're worrying that you have this curse and, you know, it's impacting all of your life. Robert um, the Doll. It's Robert the doll. the doll. Yeah, that reminded me of that. <laughs> um, you know, and so with this like connection to everybody having an entity attached to blame everything on, 
You know, I think people have created thought forms that support this thing happening and they may or may not actually have an entity attached and then they get attached to it and, and they don't want to let it go. And it just, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's how about weird. the type? How about the type? Now I've dealt, you know, I, I've been in the business for over 30 years and I've dealt with entities and, and stuff like that. And a friend of mine who taught me, she said, that and I believe is that if you're totally negative 24 7 mm. and angry and you just have so much negative energy that the energy of all that negativity coming out of you actually forms your own little yeah, um, you just keep attracting more yeah it just forms it a, it, it's a spirit without a soul do you know what I mean it's just mm. a blob of blackness that follows you everywhere around have you heard of that before I, I've seen it you know, it's, it's really hard from a psychic point of view to separate out um, what's actually an entity and what's a thought form. And I'm getting better. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is that if it's a thought form, it's not as de defined, you know, because usually I can sit there and go, it's a male, this is his age, you know, and get pretty mm -hmm. clear information about you know, who this person is, not that I think that they would know who the it was, but, you know, pretty clear information. And if it's a thought form, they tend to be kind of like a shadow spirit, you know, they're kind of wispy, you know, and I do a lot of energy work. And one of the things that I'll do when doing entity release work is ground the spirit. And so, and if it's a thought form, the thought form will actually just ground out and disappear. Hmm. Where if it's right. an entity, they're like obnoxious and they don't go anywhere. <laughs> so I was, I was going to ask the same thing. I was, I was just discussing this with someone um, yesterday about, you know, I'm, I'm an empath and, and psychic and, and medium. And I've noticed a very distinct difference as well in um, you know, over the years of a thought form, I, I didn't know that was the term for it, um, or an actual entity because of the way other things in that person's environment react as well. You know, it could be um, kids or animals or things like that, that have a very, um, especially animals, you know, their reaction to a thought form versus an actual entity is very distinct. I don't know if you've experienced that as well. Um, like I see, yeah, I don't really, you know, I, I don't go into these people's houses, right. you know, <laughs> so it's like, I don't really have that kind of interaction with them. Um, but I could see where it would be different because they're not the same. Right. You know, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people misunderstand that grandma could be visiting, you know, or your dead twin brother could be visiting and watching over you. And that's okay. They're not like some evil, you know, people have activity in their house and it freaks them out, but it's not necessarily bad activity. It's, you know, true, true. I lived in this house and there was Tom, the guy who lived in the backyard. And so he like lived in the house and didn't die in the house, but lived in the house till he died. And he was very meticulous about the backyard. And when I bought the house, it had like 
these manicured bushes and oh, it was boy. beautiful. And then my ex-husband and I moved in and half the bushes died and the yard always looked like crap. And it was, you know, I would lose the dog in the tall grass. I mean, it was just not good. Well, Tom lived in the backyard because that was like his space. And so I, and he was a shadow figure. So I just feared, you know, I just saw him. But then my kids were like, you know, who's, what's that in the backyard? And my ex-husband's like, well, what's that in the backyard? But they lived with me. And so they were kind of used to my weird stuff. But then I had other people that would come visit and they're like, Rita, there's somebody in your backyard. And I'm like, ah, it's just Tom. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But you are definitely right about, you know, me and Jason, he's he's a, he's part of the group. And uh, and we go to places where I'll get calls or he'll get calls. And we talk to the people. And what today's Hollywood and TV has done about oh, putting all these scary movies out and stuff <clears throat> like that. Everybody that we talk to, every client that we go to thinks they have a demonic presence in front of them, you know, right. and then we go in and it really isn't demonic, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like you were saying before. So I blame Hollywood and I blame the TV shows for putting all that uh, into the people. Well, there was that one movie that came out, uh, the lady in the black dress. Um, I remember, and we were just like, I mean, the next day I got like 30 emails saying that everybody has the woman in black dress <laughs> in her, in their house. And I'm like, after the 30th email, you should have showed up in their house in a black them. dress, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, you know, I stuff like that is that. really like a blessing and a curse because it raises people's awareness. And so less you know, I've always been pretty guarded about sitting there going, well, you know, I do ghost hunting, you know, or I like work with people with ghosts or I do psychic stuff because, you know, it used to be really taboo. But now mm -hmm. if you say to somebody, oh, well, yeah, you know, I, I've done ghost hunting. They're like, really? Tell me about it. And so mm -hmm. it's changed the mentality, but it hasn't really given people real information. Right. You know, and so it's kind of a blessing and a curse in that way that people are more aware that ghosts are real, but they don't really understand the real nature of them. And then they just get scared. Yes. Because they're. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to say, you know, like Sean said, a lot, a lot of people think, you know, it's demonic entities. And All I don't even think we've really encountered any actual real demons. It's always been, it might have been a previous homeowner or a. Uh, relative or somebody or you know mm -hmm. a grumpy spirit just a grumpy spirit mm -hmm. you know that came through a portal you know just causing some stuff but you know yeah. as far as actual demons you know finding them you know i don't think we unless sean's found a couple like i personally haven't encountered any actual demons i've encountered poltergeist but not actual demons yet well dude when we were at the blair house did we not you know would you consider that demon when we were down there so that that the thing is weird like <laughs> That's hard to describe what that was. You know? <laughs> it like it would have been an alien. It would have been one of the dark angels that you have. No, I don't really see a demon. I think, I think I see, when I think of a demon, I think of an angel that's really hideous with, with wicked wings and sharp teeth. And um, That's what I think when I think of a demon. 
Not, not like uh, dogs with web feet. That, well, I mean, wow. they'll present in a lot of different ways, <laughs> you know, but it, to me, it's more about their emotions and their intentions. And so in all of my years, and I've worked with a lot of people that call me about entity issues, I have had two or three that I would, that I would call full-blown demons that really? I would even classify. And that doesn't even count the alien ones, which are weird. <laughs> You know, this is what I would consider a full-blown demon, and I've had one possession. Mm-hmm. So it's not really... No, was it a typical common. possession, like you see on the... Um, Did you have to the, call it exorcist? Yeah, like the exorcist. Like, Were you well, yourself possessed, or was it a client? Is, I it was know. a client. Okay. So this was, like, when I first started... Well, it wasn't when I first started my business, but this was like before I started doing the ghost hunting, before I really started doing any spirit release work. You know, so you, you know, the universe brings you what you can handle. And so he actually contacted me because he was having an issue about weight loss. And it was a guy, you know, and talking about woo woo things with guys and chakras, they're, you know, maybe we'll go there, maybe not. And um, <laughs> and so, that's funny. That's a good one. <laughs> and so, you know, he's talking to me about the weight loss thing. And so I'm looking at him and I was like, I go, okay, well, I don't want to be weird here, you know, because I'm open to whatever their body is going to tell me and whatever I'm going to see. I go, but um, you have this wormy thing that is sitting in your stomach oh my. and it's controlling you and i go so it's not that you can't eat it's because you don't want to eat and this thing is making it so that you're not hungry and he just looked That's at me and went <laughs> exactly wow thankfully he was like an edgar casey guy oh. you know so i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I you know, he didn't go running from our conversation. It was actually a really good conversation, you know, and at that point in time, I really didn't have any tools to help him or support him or refer him or to do anything other than go, yeah, you got this wormy thing. I mean, it was just weird because it was like right in his belly button and had this big old round head oh, with wow. eyes. And oh, wow. Alien. <laughs> alien, yeah. But baby usually... Usually if an entity is attached to someone, they will sit inside the auric field and be right here. They do not come inside the body. And so when they come into the physical body, that's when you have a possession. Like when someone channels, you know, like Ramtha or whatever, they will bring the spirit into their body. And so if you don't want the spirit in your body, but it's there, you be possessed. (laughs) But you'll be surprised that there's a lot of people out there that I have talked to and dealt with that want that to happen. They want to be possessed. Well, why? I mean, yeah. it's like, why would Good you want to do that? Like it's a new trend or something. Well, there I is don't know. this new trend they call walk-in spirits, you know, that's that people want. They they consider it their their ancestors and basically the same concept, you know, as as channeling. But then there's the people who don't know a lot about what they're doing and try to invite that. And I think that's where it kind of gets. Well, different. and that's, I mean, a lot of the clients that I've had, um, that has been the issue. 
they have all right i haven't had any ouija board people which is fine i was just gonna um, ask about that well <laughs> and i don't even think ouija boards are that dangerous you know it really depends on your intention but i've had several people that did automatic writing you know and um several people that were trying to do channeling you know um and i won't mention this person's name because they're not doing this work anymore um you know but there was a very well-known author who would tell people to call their angels in you know if something's going wrong if you're having a bad day call your angels in you know and but if you're having a bad day what you're looking for is to get information and answers from a vibration that's higher than your vibration so you could be calling your angels in but you get fred the janitor that's on the break and but uh, it's true you know and you know because your energy is so low you know and your auric field isn't protecting you and you have no boundaries you know you can call in some terrible things if you don't know what you're doing and so it you know i'm just and i've said this on countless shows it's like don't do it just well, is it the same thing as asking your guardian angel for assistance? I mean, if you say my guardian angel, wouldn't you get your guardian angel instead of Jeff or something? Not necessarily. No. You mean like, uh, I mean, I mean, if it's a, if it's a negative entity, you know, and it's narcissistic, and it wants to suck energy off of you, it'll be like, hey. I'm your guardian yes. angel. Oh, hey. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Let, let's like chill. What if, what, okay, but if, what if you call like Michael, Archangel Michael? You're going to get Archangel Michael, aren't you? Not necessarily. No. Really? Mm -mm. There are nope. some people that actually make that connection, but they work on that connection while they're in a good place and when they have good energy. And so they recognize that vibration. But if you're in a bad place and you're doing like the 11th hour, well, I'm calling in Archangel Michael, you know, it might be Michael, you know, it might be Michael from um, Detroit. What's that? Yeah. Michael Myers. <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> well, that would be kind of fun having Michael Myers hang out. <laughs> but no, you know, I mean... Once they come in, it's like, depending on what's going on there, they can be really challenging to get rid of. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I'll just stop there. Somebody okay. was asking us something, saying something. I, I was going to say when I was younger and I didn't realize that that's any, I mean, I wasn't intentionally doing any of that. I was um, attracting anytime I would channel or automatic writing or anything like that. Um, I was attracting a lot of negative entities. I mean, every house I lived in when I was younger was, you know, I thought was haunted. Well, they were haunted, but I was attracted. So I thought all entities were bad and scary. And I'm sure much like a lot of your clients until, and, and we've talked about this before, until I changed my perspective on it and embraced that and learned how to protect myself when doing those things and also learned, you know, how to raise the vibration in my house, how to raise the vibration mm -hmm. in my own body, you know, stay healthy, things like that. So I was no longer attracting these negative um, entities because they do a lot of, they, people don't realize how much damage um, they can do, you know, to your mm -hmm. like, 
to your household, to your, you know, kids, pets, um, mentally, physically, all of that. So, so that's a huge, and people aren't, I, I don't think they're, no one's aware because no one up, like you said, it's very taboo. So people don't like to talk about what they're afraid of. And, mm-hmm. um, especially publicly, you know, to other people and, and for something that so many people don't necessarily believe in, but, you know, as I always tell people about, um, interdimensional entities and, and spirits and everything like that, it's, it's the same as, um, it's like my dog can hear thunder before I can. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I've never seen a hurricane. You know, they still exist. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that, but yeah, once I've I- never seen my dog ladder. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interdimensional dimensional energies are the worst in my personal opinion, because they just leave, you know, you try to work with them and they just like, I had this lady and she had these interdimensional bugs. They were like dragonflies. I mean, they were some kind of bug and they would just fly around her space and like land on her and fly around. And, you know, I'm like doing this, killing these bugs. And they would just like open a portal and fly into her aura. And it was just like, how can you stand this? And, uh, but there was some, you know, I believe that entities attach to you because there's some lower vibrating thought that you have, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Nobody likes me, you know, whatever that thing is. And they will come to that, you know, that lower vibration that you're carrying and be attracted to it. And so unless you really address what that is and heal it, you really can't get rid of it. You know, and then people have the belief that, you know, they come for one session and it's fixed and it's, yeah, they like to feed off of different energy, especially negative exactly. energy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the worst worst encounter you know I ever had was you know we dealt with the poltergeist here after moving in the house, and uh, it was pretty it was pretty malicious. It was destroying the house, making the dogs crazy, and and you know that's when back in what was that Sean twenty twelve I think twenty twelve yeah yeah because then I joined in twenty thirteen yeah, yeah so had Sean come over with his group and we ended up having to get rid of it. And we did luckily, but that's something that, you know, a lot of people, you don't want to mess with that. So you don't want to invite anything in or, you know, open yourself to whatever, because you don't know what it could be. Mm-hmm. It could be true. And you know, it could be somebody uh-huh. happy or it could be something vicious like that. You know, it varies. I mean, they, they know how to lie. They, yeah. they do lie. And, um, and look at the world today where all all the bad all the bad that's happening and how a lot of people are depressed and I mean those entities are just like beating I mean oh, exactly off every and, and that's why I believe that when you say like when some situations occurred in the government, I'm not gonna go there, but everyone was so <laughs> mad and upset and and they're releasing all this energy. And then all of a sudden, people were getting attacked. People were getting attached. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, if everybody could be happy for one day, maybe they'll go away. That's the way I was looking at it at one time. Because yeah, it was just, it, I know, mm-hmm. but it, it never happened. But it just seems like with the world today, it, it's just 
too much negativity. And you know, as well as everyone else knows, that they just feed off that and and they clamp onto somebody and and then their life becomes hell. Yeah. In a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the same with, with people. I mean, the happier you are, you're going to surround yourself with happy people. If, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's negative surrounds themselves with negative people. And it just, it's because either way is contagious. Happiness is just as contagious as, you know, negativity. So. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you was good. If you're happy and you know, clap <laughs> your hands. <laughs> hey, Jenny. You know, and one of the things that's been going on recently is, you know, we don't know what's going on, you know, and so we're in this constant state of not knowing and fear. And, you know, I feel like people are uh, developing trauma and will literally end up with PTSD or are having PTSD because of everything that's going on, because when you live in a state of fear and uncertainty for a long enough time, it imprints on you, you know, but it also from, and I'm going to get a little technical here, you know, it makes it so that your body can't ground. And so you can't release the things that are happening, you know, and so it allows the fear to build up. So like Sean, when you said, you know, like if you're having a bad day, it's like you go out into the woods and you can just relax and all mm-hmm. of that negative stuff you're walking around with, you get to let it go, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but if you're locked up in your house and, <laughs> and you can't get out and you can't be around your friends and you're worried about money and you're worried about this and this and this, it's like, it just sits in your head and you just ruminate, but it makes it so that you're not grounded and that just opens the door to anything that might be traveling by that wants to attach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if uh, if anybody wants to see Sasquatch, I'll let you know what wood Sean's in. What's your insider guide to ghosts? I saw that you mentioned that in your book. Yeah, so it's uh, my book, Dark Angels, an Insider Guide to Ghost Spirits and Attached Entities. You know, and so it's broken down into three parts. The first part really just talks about ghosts and ghost hunting and the difference between uh, a residual haunting and an active haunting. And it gets into like ley lines and vortexes. And, you know, I tell my stories of I, the haunted dolls and that, um, you know, to sit there and, and give examples and. I don't know. The stories are pretty funny, actually, because if you knew me, it's like I will not go into an unlit room by myself. Like, in really? A, no, you won't. And, and doing intuitive work, it's like I can see ghosts with the light on. I am good. Um, you know, if something slams, I will jump if the lights are off. I mean, I, I just get spooked. But if there's a ghost in the room, I'm fine. It's just hmm. it's just weird. So the whole that whole portion is written from like this person who gets totally spooked, who's dealing with these ghosts, that the ghosts don't bother me, but everything else does. Um, but then the second part really gets you into an in-depth discussion of the concept of attached entities, why they attach to you, how they attach to you, how you can recognize if you have an entity attached, you know, but it's really kind of a generic thing, which sometimes I wish I didn't write it because now people are like, well, I have three of these things. I must have an entity attached to me. 
<laughs> and then the third part of the book talks about, you know, if you have a haunting in your house, what you can do about it. You know, do you want to like make friends with the ghost? You know, do you want to get rid of the ghost? You know, some tools that you can use some basic tools about dealing with an entity attachment. But my recommendation is if you have an entity attachment that like a personal entity attachment that you should really get someone to work with you because it's next to impossible to be neutral to a negative entity, you know, cause you just want to be mean to it and yell at it and, and they it love ain't going to go. <laughs> they feed off of that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I always got intrigued with the, I might be pronouncing it wrong because it was in my box, my um, trilogy about aliens, the Nephilim, is that how you the say Nephilim? Um, a lot of people don't know what that is, and it goes back into, I believe, in the Bible they talk about it. Mm -hmm. Can you give people who don't understand it and um, how it relates to um, extraterrestrials? I don't know if you believe it, but give us your take on them, because I know my take, and I just want to see if it's similar. <laughs> well, I have a very opposing view to what many people suggest. Okay. So the Bible says, and hopefully I'm quoting this correct, and if not, please no nasty cards and letters. But it says, in those days, the Nephilim walked the earth, and then the sons of God mated with the daughters of men, okay. and their offspring were the Gaborim, the men of knowledge and renown. Okay, so that's the quote. And so the word Nephilim is from the Septuagint, which is Greek. And it means giants. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so if you sit there and look at this history, which the Bible does support the history that I present in this book. However, you can't have like this God fighting that God in a battle for the earth with multiple gods because there's only one God. So I, you lose a lot of context, but the core concepts are very consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you look at the chronology, there was a race of giants, which were the five, the seven to nine foot, 12 foot giants that were created prior to the creation of humanity. Mm -hmm. And so it would make sense with that statement. You know, in those days, the Nephilim's quote, you know, giants walk the earth, you know? And so I think that that's a true statement, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then there's the concept of the sons of gods and the daughters of men. You know, and I battled with that one for a really long time. Um, I didn't have an issue with the Nephilim concept. Um, and I was just like, okay, well, it's just some weird biblical story, you know, and it's only like two paragraphs, little paragraphs. Yeah. But then I found a parallel, and I'm all about parallel stories in um, the Ramayana, which is an Indian text. And without giving you the whole Ramayana story, which is long, um, in it, there was a race that were called the Ganara, and they were a mix of godly lines that were mated with the apes and bears of the earth. And so Vishnu, their supreme god, knew that Rama in the future would be having a battle with the demon god of Lanka. Okay. And so Vishnu told the different gods that they should come down to the earth and mate with the apes and bears of the planet, which has been interpreted to be ape-like men. 
you know, so my thought is maybe they were mating with Homo erectus, you know, or some very, very early species of humanity. Um, because we're talking, you know, somewhere between 2 million, 2 point something million and 780,000 BC. That's kind of the window we're talking about. And, um, and so in the biblical story, you know, the sons of God, which are gods, come down and mate with the daughters of men, which are humans. And in that story, the gods come down and mate with these ape men. You know, in one story, God suggested that it happened. In the other story, it's considered a very untoward event. But the net result was that in the biblical story, you have the Gaborn, the men of uh, knowledge and renown, but they're demigods. I mean, if it's the sons of gods, they're demigods. So in the Ramayana story, these Venara, these half god, half men. So if your father was the god of architecture, then you had these advanced engineering abilities. You know, one of the named characters in this story is Hunaman, and his father was the god of wind. And so it gave Hunaman the ability to jump very vast distances. So he was able to jump from mainland India to the island of Sri Lanka in one leap. You know, and so they had these superhuman abilities because of this mating of gods and men, you know, and advanced knowledge. Do you, do you think there's some living on Earth now? Um, half? You mean hybrids? Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I don't think that these the gods left. Um, the way that things seem to appear in a lot of these stories, especially once humanity was created, was that they would kind of do upgrades. They'd give us the next level of technology. They gave us fire. They taught, you know, and then there's a big window. And then they taught us how to to do agriculture and use plants for medicinal purposes, you know, and then there's another big window, you know, they gave us bows and arrows, another big window, you know, they taught us how to build structures, you know, and so it seems like there's a very cyclical process because you have these points of very high creativity and then it drops down to practically nothing and then another peak. And so there are those that suggest in the UFO community that, you know, they're still here. And to be honest, it's like based on their cycle, which has been, you know, every five to 10,000 years, I mean, they're kind of due mm -hmm. um, that I, I'm not an experiencer, um, you know, but there are so many stories of people that, you know, were used to create hybrid humans. Um, I have never personally met a hybrid, um, but I don't doubt that that's necessarily possible. Cool. So uh, for anybody that's listening and stuff, um, what would you recommend for people that are interested in getting involved with like mythology and, you know, everything we've been talking about? Is there like a certain starting point that you would recommend, like start here, then work your way to like this kind of thing? <laughs> well, they could just get my books. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm 
and I kind of, I mean, I'm saying that in jest, even though they could buy my books, which, right. um, you know, I'm kind of an interesting character in that way is that I will read like some of the most boring books. Like I actually read the entire Ramayana, which was at three volumes, <laughs> all written in verse and found it interesting. Wow. You know, and so I like reading dry, boring <clears throat> books and then writing about them. Um, and so, you know, it, I spent hours and hours and hours researching and taking a nugget from here and a nugget from there and getting books off of archive.org. You know, there are a number of modern or contemporary writers, especially about ancient culture that, in my humble opinion, put too much of their opinion in and do not provide very much uh, data and documentation. And so when I was doing all of my research, I was looking for books that were written by the early ethnographers, you know, so the British people that went to New Zealand in the 1800s as part of the European expansion and the people that that did that writing, because that is the closest to source that we're going to find, you know, because the indigenous people didn't have writing. And so we have no books or documentation that come from them. And so I was always would look for and source the oldest piece of literature I could find. Um, I think one interesting place, um, and I can't remember what it is, you know, but if people are interested in the Sumerians, there's actually a site, and I don't remember the site's name, that um, has actually a number of the tablets translated online you know, that you can access and look at. So that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of material out there. You know, you just have to be willing to dig for it or look for it and, you know, find it. Rita, what can you tell us about reincarnation? I know that's a topic that you discuss in some of your books. Actually, it's only in one article. Um, you know, and so reincarnation is the belief that when we die, we come back, you know, and I have a little bit of a love hate relationship with it because, you know, I've seen people's past lives. So we, I'm guessing must come back based on my readings. And I, you know, I, I don't make stuff up, you know, I see what I see. So you, you, uh, you read, um, you can tell people were, in a past life, do you, is, that, mm -hmm. is that the kind of readings you do? If they ask, I will talk to you about anything except dead people. I'm not a medium. You know, every so often, you know, if someone will ask me, I'll be like, okay, you know, who do we want to talk to? And sometimes I get information. Sometimes I don't get information. I don't promote myself as a medium, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I graduated from the Berkeley Psychic Institute, so doing past oh, life wow. reading was part of the training. So, That's, how would how do you read someone's past life? Yeah, do you I'm put them in a trance or what? No, no. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Can you it's get how Jenny all my sessions life? go? Can you get Jenny one, please? <laughs> <laughs> please, Jenny. We can tell that Jenny. Is Jenny basically wants asking for this reading without saying, "Hey, I want this reading, please." Oh, you're reading my mind. 
So, I mean, you know, so I I have the belief that we have multiple past lives, you know, and sometimes we recycle really quick and sometimes we take really big breaks. Um, Jenny, I, what you're showing me is a past life where you were, and I don't know if you were on an island, but you're showing me a beach scene. Um, It is warm. You are a man. You are hunting after some kind of an animal like a rabbit type, but small. Um, I feel like the way people looked at you and, and the way that I do these is, you know, what am I getting? You know, what did I bring forward that I'm accessing from this past life that I'm utilizing in the present? You know, and so I feel like from this past life, you are the, the benefits from that is you're able to be really focused. I feel like you will go after a goal unflinchingly um, and that um, you can be fearless in what you do, you know, and if there's something that you want, you're just going to go after it, get it and achieve it, you know, and so some of that information and education you gleaned from this lifetime, you know, as some kind of aboriginally kind of person that lived on a coast somewhere because it was a sandy kind of looking beach. Hmm. Interesting. So, so talking about past lives, um, I've seen and heard before the birthmarks are essentially uh, where you got wounded in your past life and could have been cause of death. Hmm. Is there any relevance to that or is that just a bunch of humbo jumbo? So there was, and again, I, I don't have this person's name, but there was a scientist, I want to say in the early 1900s, early to mid 1900s, that had done a bunch of research into individuals who had birthmarks. They, they were usually children and he would talk to them and and they were in India. So, you know, they have kind of a different mindset about the whole reincarnation thing because they believe it. Um, and they were able, so the individual would give them information. It's like, oh yeah, you know, this, I got, you know, an arrow shot into me or whatever. And the child would provide information and then he would go and research it and find out that that is in fact what happened. And sometimes there was one story of this little kid that had a very clear past life recall and actually went with this guy to the house that he had lived in and he knew the people that lived in the house and was calling people by name, even though theoretically he had never met them before. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there it is a much more common belief in India you know, in the Hindu okay. tradition of, of that happening, you know, so there's the belief if you're born with a birth defect, like if you're missing a hand, it's because, you know, in a past life, you were a thief and they cut your hand off. Oh. You know, and so, oh. um, you know, we don't carry that tradition in the West. And so there really hasn't been any research into that. So I have another question about uh, past lives. I remember a long time ago, I was talking to somebody about reincarnation and everything. And their theory was that you're reincarnated every 400 years. Now, do you know if there's like a certain like number of years? Does that seem accurate or it could be thousands of years? 
I mean, I don't think that there's any set time limit, you know, like, oh, it's 400 years. It's time for you to go again. Um, what I have seen is that, um, you know, people will recycle, you know, during periods. Um, but what was interesting that like during the dark ages, a lot of, you know, and I haven't really done a whole lot of past life reading in a really long time, you know, but it just seemed like during the dark ages, it was like nobody really wanted to come back, you know, so there was kind of a break. And then when the Renaissance hit, it was like, hey, we're good. Let's go back, um, you know, and so and then sometimes people just take breaks for extended period of times. You know, they might have had a past life that was really challenging or they're just not really digging what's going on on the planet and just want to, you know, not go there. Um, you know, there's a belief that and I kind of have read this where people actually incarnate on a different planet you know, and be part of a different species and then come back to the earth, you know, or then there is the reverse. I've read some people where they've incarnated on the planet once or twice and they really don't on a fundamental level understand what it means to be human and they just feel really out of place. And they just want to go home and they don't understand how people operate, you know, like, and you talk to them and it makes sense because their spirit is like, I don't belong here and I just want to go home. But then when you talk to them, it's like they, they feel like there's something wrong with them because they just don't get people. And it's like, well, it's because you've only incarnated here once or twice before. And so you haven't really been fully indoctrinated into what it means to be human. I mean, because many people on this planet have incarnated since, you know, the planet began since uh, human life began. I mean, there are some major stepping points that you see with that. Uh, so with all the spirits and ghosts that are roaming the earth and, you know, we investigate and everything, uh, do you feel like that a lot of them are spirits waiting to be reincarnated because energy is not created nor destroyed? So we're just transferring energy you know, into spirit world. And then later on they come back as another human or the same person hundreds of years later, whatever. Um, and how does that fit with like, uh, like does heaven and hell like fit into this theory at all? Like, is there somebody spirits that might go to either of those places or to be reincarnated or like, it's, it's just, it's a lot of stuff to I know. try and think about. <laughs> And, you know, I was having this exact conversation about heaven and hell with a girlfriend of mine um, two weeks ago. You know, I don't know how heaven and hell fits into this whole thing. I mean, because it seems like you should either have heaven and hell or reincarnation. Right. You know, and so from a very fundamental level, it's like, okay, another Star Trek thing, you know, that when we die, we change our frequency and we move into a different time space continuum. And so they can see us, but we can't see them, you know? So now we have everybody moving in slow motion. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and so if that's what happens to us, which makes it so that grandma can come and visit, 
then you know i mean does grandma hang out in heaven is it like the neighborhood bar and she goes there and it's like yeah i'm gonna go visit my kids and travel across town <laughs> i don't know you know what i mean i i just don't know um there was the first part of the question but i don't remember what it was so i'll just trish do i have anything to say you're quiet she's on um, I th so <laughs> i know <laughs> An interesting thing, which I'm actually currently studying because I, I'm not to that level as a hypnotherapist yet, is the um, Akashic rep Records. And people are able to access that or past lives through hypno um, hypnosis and hypnotherapy, um, which is really interesting, you know, aside from having somebody... Um, read that or or access it in that manner or or having a dream or anything like that so so that's something that's that i've currently been studying and hope to be able to do one day uh, i have had one session myself um being hypnotized um to access that as well for my past lives so it's it what is did you come up with i i actually i i think i've been here a few times because <laughs> because uh, one of the stories when I was from the time I was probably two or three years old, I had dreams and, and would tell my parents about being a man uh, in almost medieval, you know, armor and dying in a sword fight in battle. And uh, it was very detailed. I could tell them, you know, the location, things like that. And so that was one of the things that I had my hypnotherapist um, try to. Then you have to go back to different date line, timelines and things like that specifically. But that's one of the ones that I wanted to know more about because I, I had dreamt of it my entire life. So it sounds like me that I had a dream that I was on a beach during either World War One or Two, and I was killed by a grenade. I can see this. I can still see that the man who threw it was over a fence by a garbage green garbage can. On the, I, I keep mm. having the same dream over and over. It's very vivid. That, so it sounds like yours, Trish. Wow. Well, you know, and I, I think that it's interesting when people have something like you know, I got blown up by a grenade. You know with a guy throwing it over the fence, mm -hmm. you know, cause you hear all of these stories. It's like, Oh, well I was Cleopatra in my past life. And it was like, well, how many Cleopatras were there? You know, right. Right. any past life regression I've done, they have never been particularly uh, flattering stories. <laughs> I, I, I had one done and um, I was one of the witches back here in Salem. And I, instead of going, I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I was a witch. And um, <laughs> I was brown. You? So you did wear a black dress? You did wear a black dress then, Sean? No, I didn't wear a black dress. <laughs> Just a pointy hat. <laughs> now, on that note, speaking of people, you know, a bunch of people stating they were, especially in recent years, stating they were Mary Magdalene or Cleopatra or whoever queen elizabeth you, you know what i mean like do you what is your theory on that i guess well i mean i think that people can be suggest suggestible in doing hypnotherapy um you know so 
every so often, and I'm talking about every so often when I'm doing work with a client, the issue that they come to the table with is tied to a past life, you know, because I can sit there and it's like, okay, you're having this issue today, but where did it start? And I can timeline them back. And if I timeline them back to birth, you know, and I can even take them in utero. And if I can get all the way that far back, then it's, and I'm not picking up that anything happened in utero, then it, I'm left to believe that it was a past life issue. And so, and I, I'm saying this really clear. So in my career, I've had three or four. I mean, so it's really, you know, my feeling is that if people have past life issues that are affecting them, they usually have enough crap to work on in this life that dealing with past life stuff, you don't need to fix this first and then go back. Um, you know, and so my clients will ask me, it's like, well, what was going on? And I might get information, but what I have learned is I do not share that with them because I don't want them to go in there with this preconceived notion that I was at night and I got stabbed and that's why I'm having this shoulder pain. Right. Uh, that's understandable. Yeah. That's a good deal. This is this is this has been pretty interesting. You don't know how much I appreciate you being on tonight. I really do. I'm serious. It's a nice change. So, just out of curiosity, is, am I setting off any vibes of like any past life stuff? I've never had any kind of reading, so I'm really curious. To be honest with you, same here. What did I do? <laughs> Do you really want me to say it out loud? Oh, oh. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I got to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this question, Jason. Jason. Sure. I mean, yeah. uh, stick me, stick with me, kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so have you had issues with feeling like you've lost something like not you know like there's something that you really want but it becomes unattainable does that make sense uh yes and no uh i, I see the point of it but i've always um like are you talking like like uh like physical like go to getting something i've been after kind of thing is that or Okay, this is what you're showing me, and it, maybe it's something yeah. that's going on right now, okay. you know, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this out Just loud, because oh, you're going to be embarrassed. Well, no, you're going to be embarrassed by what I'm going to say, oh, boy. but you're Go showing ahead. me this picture of a little girl, uh, maybe in the 20s. Uh, she's probably five, four, five, six in that area, um, and blonde hair. She's wearing a like a blue gingham dress and she lost her doll and she's very, very, very upset. So that's why I was asking you about the, the loss, um, you know, so mm. I don't know if that's something that's, you know, because sometimes you, I'll see past lives about something that's kind of going on very contemporary, you know, as opposed to Jenny's where it's like, really, this is who she is, but that was the first one that jumped out at me, you know, was just this emotional pain because it was her baby. 
you know, and yeah. so, um, you know, so I don't know, you don't have to answer me. I don't know if that's resonating with you on any level at all. Um, not right now, currently, no. So he was a, a girl. <laughs> Jenny, you were My a guy. Turn. Sean was a girl. He was and a you, witch. You were I was a, a male girl. witch. I was a male witch. So that means Trish was pretty good, dude. My turn. My turn. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. My no. What's he pick up? What? She's concentrating. Oh, I thought Pap said something. Sorry. Okay. So, you know, and I, I have to, you know, I'm real visual, so I have to sit there and put words with what I'm seeing. Um, but I get the impression that in one lifetime, you were a Franciscan monk. And I'm coming up with Franciscan monk because he had like that bald spot thing back yes. there. And, uh, <laughs> that's, that sounds like you, Sean. And, um, you know, and you lived in kind of a monastery, you know, and you that's enjoyed great. the solitude. You enjoyed the ability to just go and read. Um, I could possibly see that in that lifetime you might have done some scribe work, but I don't feel like that was really your main thing mm -hmm. but one of the things that really resonated with you in that lifetime was working in the gardens and growing things that was what really resonated with you in that lifetime so i don't know huh. if that's come forward with you i mean the solitude part definitely has come forward i don't know if you have this you know fascination with things that grow uh i do not necessarily um, the work part you know, but just the miracle of nature around it. Well, I will tell you this, though. I was, I did go to high school to become a priest. Yeah. Oh, really? I did. Yeah, I did. And I only lasted a year and a semester, and that was it. And then I came back to the real world. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Franciscan that's, monk. That's that interesting. Sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty spot on. Well, there's, uh, there's one of now, us left. Yeah, there's trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was an alien attached entity to, <laughs> I mean, to Jason. Now, in a past life. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, Damn redheads. I tell you, you know. We... <laughs> well, you know, but see, sometimes people have really interesting, weird past lives. Um and I think, Trish, I'm going to give you one of those. So I get the impression that there has been a period of time in your past that you actually incarnated on the ferry plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, and that's where you lived. And, and, you know, actually, you know how we were sitting there talking about, like, incarnating every 400 years, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like that. Sometimes you take a break from, like, this human thing. And I feel like you were taking a break from the human thing and we're incarnating there. And I feel like you were actually there for kind of a while in different forms, you know, whether a fairy, you know, or a plant diva or whatever, you know, they're not really giving me any specific because you're like flittering around like a little <laughs> fairy <laughs> there. <laughs> so if I lose a tooth, we bring you some money. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's, but it's interesting you say that because even in this life, you know, as from the time I was a little girl, I've always, and other people, um, natives and, and spiritualists and psychics and everyone has always told me that, and I felt it myself as well, um, that I've been very protected by forest spirits and fairies and um, even numerous different different types, you know, and, and I've always closely related to plants and animals and, and things like that as far as the trees, you know, everything like that. So that makes sense. Well, and I'm just going to kind of follow up with that. You know, you bring a lot of wisdom about how to interact with that energy into this lifetime. And so if, I mean, I feel like you're kind of like looking for your place and that might be more your place because it becomes very innately to you, that knowledge and that wisdom, because it is you. Yeah. It's, it's nothing I've ever, I had never mm-hmm. studied it. I never, it just, it came naturally, you know, and, and it always has. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Jason, mm. don't you have something to say? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you know what you had this morning with your coffee? Oh, well, thank you, Jenny, for reminding me as I'm sipping on some of it right now. We would like to send a thank you to Carnation for sponsoring our second hour of our show. We appreciate it. It's delicious. Make sure you get out there and get yourself some. There's Jenny showcasing some of their fine product. Be sure to get your Carnation. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. Thank you. So, um, Doc, I'm gonna call you Doc. I forgot your I forgot your name. That's right there in front of you, Sean. I know I can't see because I'm blind. I'm blind. You got your glasses on. You better not get behind the wheel of that car tomorrow. I'm blind. (laughs) I I have no hope. (laughs) No. Um, what really I I got you started in this? Did, Did something personally happen to you? that got you on this this path um maybe you said it before i don't remember but um what got you going on writing books and stuff like that well you know it was definitely not what i was planning on doing with my life but uh, you know things go mysterious ways um you know so i'm just going to blame it all on my mom so growing up we I mean, so you know how usually you get your allowance for like doing chores around the house kind of thing. So we didn't get an allowance for that. We had to read a book every two weeks and we would get our allowance. And even as a little kid, I was not interested in reading fiction. So I never, I, I think I've read one Nancy Drew book and just really didn't enjoy fiction. And so... You know, I was in fifth grade and started devouring the archaeology and anthropology department at the library. And and I went to Catholic school, so it wasn't very popular. And I would turn in a science fair project, you know, about the tree of life, starting with algae and all these branches with humanity at the top. Yeah, I didn't get anything. And then, um, so then... I date myself, but there is a TV show, and some of you will recognize it, that was The Amazing Creskin, and he was a mentalist, and he had ESP, and he could read your mind, 
and uh, and it was like a variety show. And so I love that show. And then there was another series that played around the same time, which was called The Sixth Sense, which wasn't the movie. It was uh, Gary Collins played a college professor who ran the paranormal, no, parapsychology department at the college. And so he would go into a room and he would he would touch the glass and the image, the ghostly spirit of the dead person would appear and give him a clue as to who the murderer was, you know, and he would go somewhere else and get a psychic impression that, you know, Mary is going to get in her car and she's going to drive down Highway 1 in California down those swervy roads and fly off into the ocean. And he would stop her in the nick of time. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And so I decided when I was about 12 that I wanted to be psychic and moved from the archaeology and anthropology department in the library to the psychic department, which was about 20 books. And that's it. It was next to the witchcraft stuff, which was like really off limits. And Mm -hmm. um, and I've never stopped, you know, so I mean, I've been studying this material for forever, you know, so doing psychic metaphysical stuff. Um, has always been a passion, you know, archaeology and anthropology, which I put myth into that category, has always been a passion. I grew up in a haunted house. It spooked me then. They still spook me now. Um, And so it's all good. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. That That was cool. But um, what about you, Jen? I'm just seeing if there's any comments um for rita before we let her go any for the listeners evening? have any questions now's yes. your chance yeah anybody quiet out there comment <laughs> it's a quiet night yeah where's well, augie and russ at they were in there yeah i'm sure they got questions well, Rita, we're going to let you go for the evening. Thank and you, thank Rita. you so much. Yes, thank for you so much. Thank it was you. such a great guest. Well, thanks for having guest. me. You guys were fun. Yeah, you uh, were a great guest. You were, too, you were a blessing. You were a blessing. <laughs> you have a yeah. great evening and happy Halloween. You too. Happy Halloween. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Well, that was great. She was really a, a very interesting, uh, very, very informative. Interesting. Yes, she was. I have to say that I I found her to be so um, articulate and she had a lot of charisma. 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 Yeah, we'll have to have her back on. I love that. It was a very interesting, very interesting show tonight. So, so, um, guys, what do you have lined up? Any investigations or you have any? um, Yeah, this Saturday. Coming up on the 16th, we're going to do a private residence um, um, somewhere over near WTA uh, in Millville, around that way. Millville. Is it a private resident? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think and, about that? Uh, the church? 22nd and 23rd, we're going to be down at DeMarco's. Now, what is that? Is that a restaurant? Yeah, it's a restaurant. Um, no, are they doing like a like an invest, a whole investigation? It's like uh, well, this, groups of people ahead. come in for like, uh, we'll take people. There's a ghost walk that goes on in Uniontown where people go around, oh, check right. out all these haunted places. And DeMarco's on one of those stops and people will come in and, you know, whoever's there from our group will 
take small groups and do a small investigation for about 15 minutes with them, give them a little history about the place. And it's kind of interesting down there because um, when you get to the upstairs, there's actually a noose in like oh, a chase way, mm-hmm. a noose, a rope noose really? that somebody actually yeah. uh, hung himself on a long oh, time goodness. ago. And it's just remained there ever since. And you could just feel the energy up there. But uh, a couple years ago, we had a lot of success with um, different methods with K2 hits and the flashlight method with people coming in. It was really cool and it was exciting all at the same time. So we're looking forward to that. So yeah. I, I just realized this in the in the last uh, few weeks, actually. Um, I was going to mention when it comes to communicating with spirits that have died by hanging okay. or by like decapitation, they come across much, much differently than other ways of dying, I guess. It's, it's huh. very strange, but it's, it's like, huh. it's a much stronger energy because probably, you know, especially if their, I guess if their spinal cord was disconnected or their brainstem, oh, that would make sense. Yeah, that's possible. But that goes because it wasn't natural causes either, you know. Right. True. Now, Jen, if you could get your son to take you down there, that ghost walk is very, very, it's a good ghost walk. Um, What they do do is they take you to like seven or eight different places in the town of Union, in Uniontown, and they tell you the ghost stories that are involved. Like a real another haunted place down there is the State Theater. We actually got to investigate that down there. And um, it's pretty haunted. What is it? A theater? Yeah, that's called the State Theater in Union Time. We should try it's and get back old... in there because I wasn't there. I don't oh, think I was in the no. room. Yeah, it was before. No, was... you weren't. No. Um, that that was um, way, way, really, really haunted. But, you know, when we did the Abel Cauley Tavern, the first year that Union Time uh, had that ghost walk. That was part of the ghost walk, but you had to drive there, which is like about a mile and a half away from Uniontown. But right. it, it's really something. Bring your son down and have him take you on that walk. You would really enjoy it. You think? Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, really. People out and about, and you know, you can grab something to eat, something to drink, have a good time. Yeah, I mean, the people yeah, bring their children with them. <laughs> It'll be past yeah. our bedtime, but we'll be there. I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to pull up your EVPs. I want to see if we can play them, but I'm having a hard time getting. Um... Did you hear those, Jason? Uh, I kind of heard one. The audio quality, I think, was wasn't the greatest. I well, that was back in two thousand six. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to, we just I have to send it. To, trying to get the code. It's kind of hard because I have to go through a hundred different emails. I mean, um, on, on the, uh, now the third one, I, I didn't understand that, but when you hear the one where you hear the girl's voice saying, I love these houses or these houses, something that was taken, that was done on Blue Miss Road. And if you, you know, Blue Miss, there's no houses except that one that sits up the street. You yeah. know, when you get to the crossroads, there's one, but you, you can plainly hear that girl saying, um, the houses, something about the houses. Yeah, I'll tell you I mean, what, was, I'd like to live in that house that's in the woods right there. That'd be a sweet place to that, live. That would be really sweet. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you know that mailbox that's on the road going yeah. down there? Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. That's their mailbox. Well, I figured that. And Well, and every time they go down to get their mail, they find all kinds of crap in their mailbox. Yeah, probably because the kids go up there. and mm-hmm. you know, I can't do we it. We all know how teenagers are. I don't think yeah. you're going to be able to hear it on my computer. I have, we had that. We tried this before. Right. For some reason, it doesn't. And my my phone went dead. So hey, Chris, what are you going to do for Halloween? Oh gosh, um, there's so many things I want to do on Halloween. <laughs> it's my you know it's my favorite holiday. So right. Probably I usually end up going to a cemetery somewhere just because you know that's that's what we do and uh <laughs> not not up disrespect at all but because um it, the, the veil is still thinner right now so a lot of times i'm called to different locations like that for no reason well i mean there's so, always a reason but so basically you get into your car and go and wherever you end up is where you're supposed to be Absolutely. That's in- and then that's it, and then it'll turn out that whatever message I get there ties to so many things that that came to me during the week or you know a few days prior mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's like a calling. You pass that candy. <laughs> it is like a calling. <laughs> it's um, okay. I I usually take you know do something with with my kids um, earlier in the night, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I so because they still dress up. I don't. I don't usually stay home and pass out candy. They go trick or treating or you know to to family functions, things like that. But but then after you know after they're um, they crash from a, a sugar rush and everything, I I go <laughs> <laughs> I go do my own thing. So that's cool, Jenny. How about you? Uh, I'll probably just. Uh... I'm, I'm Hang out talk. here in my house, sip some carnation with my coffee. Yeah, I'm gonna. My kids are gonna come <laughs> over. We're gonna have bonfire, and I'm gonna That's try cool. to. I'm gonna see if I can. I have this here. I don't. Th- I, don't I don't know if you can hear it. Tell me if you hear anything. Wait. Can you hear that? Yeah. Can you hear that? I, I just hear the static. I just okay, hear the static. That's all it. that. That's your. That's your. Is that the no? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, don't no. hurt me. That's the don't hurt me. Yeah, that's the one that. That's the one that's not good. I don't under. I couldn't hear it in there. The other two though, um, the girls, the second one about the houses. Here, let me see if I can pull. You know what we should one? do there, Sean? Is uh, we should send Jenny some of our like. Class A EVPs and really okay, good Okay, I'm ones. playing something. Can you hear that? Yeah. No. I hear a clock. Nothing? No. Nothing. Let me turn it up. No. No comprende. Yeah, didn't hear it either. No. You know what? We could send her some of our EVPs that we've gotten recently, and somehow yeah. see, she can put them on. There's got to be a way. It's 2021, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Do you use EVPs, Trish? Um, I, I, I am, uh, you know, <laughs> she is an EVP. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, but she's a digital recorder. No, that's what I was looking up though. I was going to say years ago, before I ever embraced this part of myself of attracting spirits, um, I used to use this generic phone app that came out um, during when smartphones first came out. I think it's called Ghost Radar. And it was yeah. actually really oh, yeah. I have that. Yeah. Like it was really accurate, you know, and, and it to a point where back then I didn't believe in anything like that. Um, because you know, I was in denial and um but things kept happening over and over, which I guess, you know, spirits, if you're not paying attention, they could find any means of communication to to get a message to you. But that was probably easier. Um than than other methods for me but yeah so i've never used any type of equipment other than that mm -hmm. before i actually knew what i was doing um right 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 but what about people that want to hear some of the stuff like when like when i talk about it and jason talks about it with other people that you know that they just want to hear it you know what i mean it's like yeah like the bigfoot festival you know, oh yes. So I do. There's time, you know, it's so common in my life for these things to happen that it's not, I don't think anything of it, but I have started, you know, occasionally I'll take pictures of something just to, cause I don't have to prove it to myself. I'll to prove it to somebody else or somebody right. older or whatever. Um, you know, I, I will do that occasionally make a video or use pictures, things like that. So Jenny, when are you going to come on a ghost hunt with us? Uh, the 22nd and 23rd down in Uniontown. Uh, I hope you do make it. Do I'm, it. I'm telling you, Jen. Seriously. I mean, it, you don't have to be the scared. whole walk takes about an hour. No spookies are going to get you. No spookies? The whole, no. No, the whole ghost walk is about no, an hour. I don't want no ghosts coming after me. Oh, come on now. You got me and Jason here. What are you talking about? Like that's going to happen. Well, if it's her or me, I'm 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 rolling. So I'll leave <laughs> but no, e even if you don't go down for that ghost walk, and somehow because Union Town is like it's a, it's a really nice old haunted town, and the Marcos, um, they have the best food in town. I'm telling you, it is so good. And when we go down there and, and work it, at, well, hundred percent, hundred percent. 100% good. Everything they have down there. Um, their wings, burgers, steaks, and they're reasonable price, too. Like like steak steak or your kind of steak? Their steak steak. <laughs> Russ will get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I have the best crew in the world, Jenny. I wouldn't trade them in for nothing. You know. Maybe but, some um, real steaks, huh? <laughs> it's an inside uh, joke. He's in the mood. You're getting late, man. It's time for your bedtime. Okay. Yeah, five o'clock comes early. Uh. <laughs> I get to work late tomorrow, so I can uh, sleep in. Trace, you uh, ready to do the show next tomorrow? Next? Or you don't want to if you don't have to. Oh, tonight? Yeah. It, you don't have to. You tried it's that okay, last week know? and then you, you couldn't make it, Sean. <laughs> Why nah. <is> Sean? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're if supposed you don't, to. If you don't want to do it. If you, have you don't to want to do it. Ask a reminder. I did. Right. I asked her. You know what? Well, how about next week? Okay. You said that last week. 
<laughs> well, kind of, but then he went like MIA for a while, and you know. Yeah, I had a bad week. I'm not going to show up to the show. I had a bad week. Yeah, so I didn't know. (laughs) So next week, we'll do it, okay? Okay. Can you guys hear this? Wait, let me see. Those are some nice pillows. Can you see? Can you hear that? All right, now here's the clip again with captions. Can you hear? Um, Again, I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, I hear it. Question marks. And... Uh, I'm going to play it a few times for you. So here we go. I don't hear anything. I hear stuff. but I, I heard a door slam or something. What is that? I don't know. I don't That's know. But door, it sounds dude. like it's in the room with us. And it also sounds kind of strange. It doesn't sound like uh, a normal voice. There's, I thought it sounded like there's a, just When it like comes to these EVPs... I've noticed that they have like a very strange, almost like a phasing sound to it. When when things are out of phase, it has a weird sound. And um, I'm not sure if that's where these voices kind of hang around, because I know that they're just under a frequency or above. I would say probably above a frequency than than we can hear. Um, And that also explains why when you hear certain EVPs, um, like say someone's got an EVP in a mausoleum. Mausoleums usually made of like marble and granite and stone, those kinds of things. And the echo in those things are just remarkable. The reverb is insane. And a lot of times when you hear EVPs in buildings like that, you can hear the room respond to it. And the reason why is because even though the sound is just out of our frequency of hearing, get... the room is... Let me see if I can get it again. What's the date? Do you live here? What's the date? Do you live here? I can't hear it. There's a lot of There's a lot of warble What's in the, the background. Date? All right, now here's the clip again with um, captions. And what I'm hearing is more than one spirit responding to her question. Uh, Sometimes they're a little bit more audible than others, but I'm definitely hearing what I'm putting up here on the screen for you. So here it is again. Do you live here? What's the date? Do you live here? What's the date? Do you live here? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't hear anything, but. Mm-hmm. It could be because we're through a broadcast or whatever, but I I don't know if any of you noticed, but if you listen to that warble in the background, yeah, that's all digital audio noise or like um, using a uh, noise suppressor to try and make whatever's coming through more clear. So it's just to me, it sounds it's like not a pure not EVP. No, it's not a pure one. Let, not, me, yeah. let me see what couple one more and then right up to next go. to the camera, and it's with pass so I can go a little bit. Who is this guy? Did you look him up on YouTube, Jenny? Yeah. 
I heard that. That I'm here. Are you I hear music. I hear yeah. music. There's like a TV or something playing. Yeah. Like so that's trying. another thing. When when. To All right. So this do, clip is interesting to me. Because, go ahead. You know, to do a a proper EVP, you need absolute silence. Even like refrigerators, a furnace, an air conditioner, anything can cause all kinds of you know rubbish in your EVP and. And that one there, you could clearly hear TV or radio or mm-hmm. something. So it, it's too hard. That's yeah. just my opinion. So I was going to say then, also, I don't know if you guys use, you know, when you use video, um, one of the main things that I will do occasionally if I'm trying to, you know, if I can see the spirit, but I want to try to catch something on camera, which rarely I do this. Usually it's by accident. Um, I'll take a video. But if you take it in slow motion, um, it's much more clear because even with orbs and stuff, the, the, the Merkaba is too fast. That's why, that's why it presents itself as that to our eyes because we cannot see something that moves that fast. So it looks like a ball of light. Yeah. You slow it down. It's kind of like hummingbirds, you know, you slow them down, you can actually see their wings, you can see things like that. So I'll, and I'm not talking about slow the video down after you take it. I mean, slow, do it in slow motion while you're recording it. Hmm. See, what I like to do is um, like movies and shows and everything are recorded in usually 24 frames per second. Uh, These modern cameras, a lot of them go up to 60. So when I set up like cameras, I'll use 60 frames per second. And it kind of looks weird as a person because like when you move your hand, it mm-hmm. you just see your hand rather than the movement. Right. You would see with 24. And, uh, you know, trying to catch something in that frame because it's so fast. But I'll have to try the slow motion thing see if anything will happen. Well, I know my cameras will do that. So, so, so all of those, you know, when you just see orbs or lights or, or whatever really, really quickly that you catch on camera might present as a, an actual apparition or full body figure or something else if you know if it was slow to begin with so okay folks we gotta head out so it was a great show tonight thanks again for tuning into chasing prophecy have a great thank you everybody for joining good night, us for everybody Tuesday. Yes, good night good night sleep tight don't let the sean bugs bite <laughs> wait a minute i have to the sean up. the monk Thank <laughs> you.